All right, morning, everyone. He's alive. He's risen. Let's stand on up. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord. down and worship him now how great how awesome is he we sing together we sing everyone sing 
together we sing. We sing it. And everyone sing. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. Because He lives, I can face
consumed in glory his face our last shall see it will be my joy through the ages what to sing of his love God, we just thank you for bringing us here today, and thank you for the celebration, the celebration of your resurrection. And so, God, just be with us here today as we um, focus on you, the resur- where you say you are the resurrection and the life, and you proved it here today. And so let's just worship you and just praise your holy name. For that, we give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, welcome. How is everybody? Good. Good. Go ahead, Wayne. Got anything? Um, no, man. Just we're, we're just here to celebrate the risen Lord. I mean, this story is just amazing. It's probably the oldest missing person case in history. <laughs> the oldest cold case ever. <laughs> 2,000 years, and they still are trying to disprove this, this theory of he was stolen from the grave. We know the truth. He rose from the grave like he said he would. Not only that, he came back for 40 days. So, man, that guy can take a beating, right? Came back and taught the disciples to continue on. Because I know for a fact if Jack was dragged out in the street right now, this church would, would not exist anymore. <laughs> like, uh-uh, not me, buddy. Neither would Jack. So, <laughs> So, if you believe nothing else, I know Christianity would have died that day if he hadn't come back in resurrected form on the walk to Emmaus, made himself invisible, you know, a living God. Said, you know what, guys? I'm here. I'm back. You be a doubting Thomas? Do you want to be a doubting Thomas? Stick your finger in the hole. It's all there. So, that's all I got. You know, this is just an awesome day. Um, you know, I, I, was, I was thinking about this whole story and and the Good Friday service was just, you know, it's, it's always amazing to hear that story over and over again. I never get tired of hearing about it. You know, I was talking about how, like, you know, that story was just like, when I was, my group was all washed out, you know, I didn't really, they always, like, made it sound all like, oh, he's just on a cross, a little bit of blood, you know, but it was brutal, you know. So I'm always appreciate the details, you know, because I think it's just the, the magnitude of that was just amazing in God's grace that, you know, we just, we're, we're just so blessed that God loves us that much to give his son in that way. We, um, the other night, uh, those who were part of the, um, or may have been watching online, Good Friday uh, service, um, I, I put, a, put a, a hymn story, talked about a hymn story from a lady who was in church, and she wasn't paying attention to the pastor. I know that's horrible. I know you've never done that before. Yeah. Right? I had to become a preacher, so I would pay attention to him. Um, but uh, it was done right down in Baltimore, and um, the lady began to sit there, and she said the pastoral prayer was going on and on and on. And she started to think about God's grace, his love, and his salvation, and that he was willing to pay the ultimate price. And she began to have these words come to her head. 
And so she had no, nothing to write in except for a hymnal. And so she took out that hymnal. And anybody know a hymnal? She had that blank sheet in there. Um, and they would go ahead and she started writing and penning these words that said, I hear the Savior say, thy strength indeed is small. Um, child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. And she finished writing after that. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. So we're going to sing that today because uh, that's exactly what Jesus did. He took away our sins and he rose again. Amen. Savior say, thy strength indeed is small, child of weakness, watch and pray, find in me thine all in all, cause Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe, sin had left a crimson stain, he washed. White as Lord, now indeed I find Thy power and thine alone Can change a leopard's spots And melt a heart of stone Crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. And when before the throne I stand in him complete, Jesus died my soul to save, my lips just should repeat. Cause Jesus. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Jesus, the crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus. My hope is built. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood. 
and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus.
Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song, this cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my God, we just praise you once again for your resurrection. May you truly bring to us what we need to have here today, and that is the risen Savior and Lord. And it was life-changing then, and it will be today for those of us who accept it. 
We ask for your presence to be here more mightily than ever before. And God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, at this time, our children, we have them for all ages. Children can go to our Shoreline Sunday School Ministry. And everybody else, um, you can hang tight. All right? All right. Good morning and happy Easter. Okay. Hard to believe Easter is already here, huh? So it seemed like Christmas was just around the corner uh, this year. Welcome. If you're visiting, welcome today. We're so glad that you're with us on, um, at this time for um, our Easter celebration, whether you're here in person or whether you're joining with church online um, on Facebook Live or what have you. Please um, Feel free to be relaxed and enjoy the presence of our risen Lord. Uh, several announcements that are here. Hope Rising Bible Study. We are starting today with Hope Rising. Um, we are going to be doing this for several weeks. And we have a, um, a handout. Um, we have a, not a handout, but we have a book if you would like to participate in that. Several different things. We have several different groups. Most of them, a lot of them are meeting on Tuesday. Um, and so on Tuesday... Um, you can go ahead and find many. We also have some other days. We're having one that's Sunday morning as well, right, Debbie? And we also have an online option this year. So if you, um, if you can't make it in any of those groups, you can also participate in the online version, but we need you to sign up and say that you would like to be part of, of that. If you would like to, just go out here, and someone will help you get signed up for that as well. Um, a couple other things. Uh, we have a National Day of Prayer, which is May the 4th. Mark your calendars. We won't be having a service here, but we will be having people at different places and praying. So if you're interested, you can see the information to connect there as well. Um, you can also see the prayer that is in there that they're asking that we begin to pray. So if you can take that with you and continue to pray for that. Monarch Ministries uh, sponsorship at, are thankful. Um, we collected $800 in donations, which will fund 40 days of sober living for those in our community who are in need. So we, we're thankful for that. Um, we announced last week that the mission trip that our church is doing will be in August, and we will be going to Haiti, um, which is the poorest area in this hemisphere. So um, you can see the ins, uh, insert that talks about next Sunday. After church, there will be a, an information meeting, and you can see where to connect if you are uh, interested in there. As well as Christmas in April, we are full with volunteers, but if you need some more information you can connect with Bob Hoffman there. Uh, Parish Foundation today, how are we doing? We're good, okay? So Parish Foundation is full. That's awesome um, because they need to celebrate Easter as well, and I thank everyone for signing up for that. I think that's an awesome, awesome thing. And we also want to look at our prayer list and remember those who are in prayer. Um, and the mission trip insert is also in here, um, the 5th through August 11th, and that's coming quickly, um, but it's uh, really, really some awesome information that we have um, and some uh, great, great things to do. So um, our prayer concerns that we want to lift up, I have one that was handed to me today. I, I asked, um, I'm going to give you one myself to go ahead and continue to lift the family of Donna Marie Young. Um, Donna um, passed away at age 38, so we want to go ahead and lift uh, Wayne and Donna and the rest of the family in your prayers, if you would. 
Um, and also, we want to lift up uh, Steve Jurgens and his family um, as uh, the passing away of his father. And his sister's here with him today, so we want to go ahead and continue to surround them in prayers as they um, had a visitation yesterday, and you have a service tomorrow. Um, so we want to continue to lift them up for strength during this time. And it's, no more, it's uh, so important, those two announcements we made, to recognize that it's Jesus proved on this day so long ago that he is the resurrection and the life um, for those who believe him. And we give God praise for that as well. Okay? Uh, any other prayer concerns that we need to lift up? Okay, so we have a number of things. Let's go to Lord in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and um, again, so thankful and so blessed. So blessed that we have a Savior who loves us so much. We have a God who loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to suffer and die as Wayne reminded us, and as the song that reminded us, Jesus paid it all. And you did all that for one purpose, and that was to reconnect us to you. On Good Friday, we talked about the cross and how it connects us vertically to back to God, but it also helps us horizontally connect to people and rebuild broken relationships. And so, God, in the midst of all these celebrations and other things that we have with family coming over and, and all, the other, all the other parts that go into this holiday, may we recognize that this is the holiest of all holidays um, because this changed everything for us. God, help us to live not as Good Friday Christians, those who keep our faith hidden and, and shuddering, but let us go ahead and live today as children of the King of kings and Lord of lords. And God, you are the risen Savior and Lord, and much as those first witnesses to the tomb testified, he is not here. He is risen. That's what the angel said. So God, let us live as resurrecting Christians. Let us give thanks for the lives that believed in you, that have gone on to be with you where we all hopefully will be if we have faith in Jesus Christ one day. God, for the remainder of the service and for all church services around the world, that the, this one day where the body of Christ comes together in one commonality to give praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for what he has done. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? It's nowhere because it failed in the power of Christ. So God, just strengthen us each and every day. And Lord God, put your Holy Spirit's blessing upon each of us. We've all been so blessed when we compare ourselves to the rest of the world. Put your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. For those of us who may be watching as part of church online, bring us together as we are united by your Spirit. Make us one with you. And Lord, send your blessing upon this time that we continue as an act of worship where we go ahead and we give of our tithe, your tithe and our offerings. Multiply them and use them, not, God, not for us, but for your kingdom. That you may we seek your glory, that we may be able to accomplish the work that you have set for us to do. We love you, Lord, and may all these things be accomplished in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
scripture this morning is 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 5. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith, are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Good. Good. Hard to believe Easter. I can't believe it. Um, welcome everybody here today. And one of the things that I want to um, go to is that we have right here, um, we are beginning Hope Rising today. All right. We're beginning the series about Hope Rising. And um, it's a real small book, um, but it's, uh, it's an awesome, awesome concept. Let me see. How many of you um, have ever needed hope in your life? How many could use some right now? A good dose of it. All right, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, have you ever had like a couple days that were just really bad? Like a couple days like where, where something started off one time and um, you kind of felt bad and then a couple days went by and then it got, really, really, it got a little bit better and then one day it just got really, really good? I was just thinking about um, that uh, a couple years ago, some of you might remember this, when... Um, all of a sudden, I woke up in the middle of the night one night, and I had this pain in my stomach. I was just hurting. thought it was gas. thought it was up my eight. So I took gas X and stuff. I didn't do anything. Um, this is what you wanted to hear today on Easter, uh, my gas pains, right? Okay, so you started with that. And then, um, then so, I, you know, I, I kind of went with it a couple other days. Um, and I went, I went that morning, and I remember calling Melissa. She was working, and I was like, what did I do? She said, well, go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital. And, you know, like, it was, just, it was just there. And all of a sudden, they gave me morphine. And it was, like, gone. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is great. You know, you think you can, you can exist on that for a while. And then after a little while longer, that pain came back. And, you know, the, the most interesting thing, I remember I was in severe, severe pain. And then all of a sudden, I had the surgery, and it was, like, immediately it was gone. I had other pains and other kinds of things, but it was immediately gone. So how many of you ever had like a short term, like a couple days where like, like things were really bad and then it just seemed to get worse and then all of a sudden something happened and it just got better? And so um, that's kind of what I want to talk about. I'm thinking about, I was looking back at these, uh, these, this, the Easter story. And as I look back at the Easter story, the Easter story is really a story of three days. 
It's not just one day. We celebrate one day and we focus on one day, but it's really about, it's a three-day story. You have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You have trouble, and then you have Saturday as this day of silence, and then you have Sunday as this day of deliverance. You have the beginning, you kind of have the middle, and then you have the end. You have death, burial, and resurrection, and we talked about those things before. And I kind of want to show you this. I want to show you this slide. Go ahead and take a look at this. Look at this slide here. I feel hollow inside. How many of you are like, how many can say you ever had that opportunity in life, like this bunny here, like, like Peter Rabbit here, that you've ever felt hollow in yourself? That there's just something that's missing in the midst there. I think many of us have had these times when we understand what it means to feel hollow. Like, how many of you remember when you finally found out that life was not turning out the way you thought it would? You remember those days? You remember those times? That it might have been just something that caught you. You expected to go ahead. Some of you, it may have been that um, it hit you when you had a terrible illness or maybe had a death. Maybe it was a horrifying diagnosis that you had. And your life became from just everything and relaxing and, and having your own life to consistently going to have IVs and hospital beds. Maybe your dreams shattered when you had a when you, you had hopes about your wedding and, and your life together and it ended up taking a turn in divorce papers or you may have had financial reversal or ruin. Maybe you thought you would be married by now and you're still waiting and you're wondering if God's even paying attention to that. Maybe you thought you'd have a family but none of that's just happening. Or maybe you thought, oh gosh, we'll get married and then we'll have a baby and then everything will fall into place and it hasn't happened. You probably had it. How many ever had everything planned out in your mind? Anybody? And how many did that work exactly like you had it planned out? Anyone? Like you may have gone ahead and trained to be an engineer and no one's hiring. Or you may have gone ahead and decided that you would have the perfect spouse, the perfect house, the perfect 2.3 kids. You know, it's that third that really sets you over the top, I know. Um, the, the, the perfect job. And then all this stuff's going on and you think, well, wait a second. I graduated from college, and I'm unemployed. Or you're hit hit by a jolt that says, wait a second, I'm 41, and I'm diagnosed with cancer? Or maybe you're someone who worked someplace for 28 years, and all of a sudden they say, corporate downsizing. Nobody ever plans to be alone or depressed, do they? At the age of 30, or divorced twice by the age of 45? No one thought that perfect little baby that you had in your arms, you would one day go visit them in prison or pray to God that they would get through this demon of addiction. And when you're young, you know, you never really think about getting old, do you? If you don't believe me, just, you know, old man wrinkle catches up with you, am I right? And so if you don't believe me, go ahead and pull out your yearbook, particularly like the early ones from high school, and yes, if you're like me, you'll say, I really was not cool looking back then, right? And so you'll look at these, and you go ahead, and then, then have your yearbook here and have the mirror there. Is it a little bit different? Just a slight bit different. Slight bit. And you know, this is what happens in our lives, and what do we call this? Like, one of the other things that I recognize is, how many of you had hair growing in a place it once did, but it stopped, and now it tends to boldly go where no one wants it to go ever before, right? I have told my family, if I ever really fully lose it, 
and I can't, and I have hair growing out of my nose or my ears, if you don't trim it, I will come back and haunt you. That's my promise to my children. So as much as I've done for them, they better do that for me. Um, it, it's amazing what goes through. Uh, you know, it's crazy. When these things happen and when we have times of hope where we feel like we're lost and we feel like we're hollow inside, often what happens, and I'm going to tell you what I, what I want to call that. I want to call that our Saturday experiences of life. Our Saturday experiences of life. Because this is when all hope is dead on Saturday. Think of the Saturday experiences of your life. And the Easter story tells us that Saturday hope is dead. It's interesting that we've said it's a three-day story, but often we hear a lot about day one, don't we? Good Friday. We even celebrate a service on Good Friday where Jesus was beaten and crucified and nailed to the cross. And then we, have, we celebrate Easter Sunday where... We, if, you're, if you're from a traditional background, uh, Easter doesn't seem to sing without, the same without singing that song, Up From the Grave He Arose. Am I right? Up from the grave he arose. And somebody's going, he arose with the mighty triumphs or his foes. And I always wanted to sing toes. I don't know. It's just where my demented mind is. But the, here, is, here is Saturday. Good Friday. We have the sky turn black. Jesus' followers abandoned him. He gave up his last and yelled out on the cross, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. For 2,000 years, followers of Jesus have been talking about how this death-defying, grave-defeating, am- amazing happening occurred as Jesus is alive. Even those who don't actively practice faith know this story. And maybe even the first one. But what about Saturday? The in-between day on the three-day story. You see, they had watched Jesus suffer and die on the cross. They'd seen him bleeding, tortured, and all their hopes and dreams died with him. How many of you have ever had a moment in life where your hopes and dreams died? That you'd hoped and planned on something and it just seemed to crumble away. Look at what happened next here as we see in Luke 23, verses 52 through 54. It says here, Going to Pilate, he, Joseph, this is Joseph of Arimathea, asked for the body of Jesus. He took it down, wrapped it in a linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had ever been laid in. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. So in the Jewish faith, Sabbath occurs at sundown on Friday. Jesus died about three. Guess what? Tick-tock, 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 right? They're trying to hurry up, trying to hurry and hurry and hurry and get him prepared. They didn't even have time to do all the preparation for the burial. So they went ahead. What did they do? They hurried up, wrapped him real quick, put him in a tomb. And that day, for more than a day, they sat hopeless and helpless, for their hope was now dead. Anybody remember the name Mel Blanc? Who was he? Bugs Bunny. There we go. He is the Looney Tunes guy. He is the man of a thousand voices. And remember what he used to say at the end? That's all, folks. And his family went ahead and put this on his tombstone when he died. That's all, folks. Now think about it. This is exactly what the disciples probably thought. We had hoped that he was the one. Matter of fact, when he's walking on the Emmaus Road, they said we had hoped he was the one to deliver us as they were talking to Jesus. 
But yet here for them, the Saturday experience left them lost and hopeless, saying, that's all, folks. It's all gone. Show's over. And we've all been there, haven't we? We've all been there paralyzed by hopelessly wondering, is God in control? Did God forget his promises to me? Does God know or does God even care? If he does care, does he have the power to do anything about it? And you see, here's the reason why Easter Sunday was so great. Because the day before was so horrible. Easter is so great because Saturday was so bad. We know for a fact that Saturday was one day where no one believed that Jesus, <coughs> that Jesus was coming back. Like, for instance, <coughs> John didn't go, i got to get my, my good running shoes on and my clothes because when Jesus rises from the dead, I can't wait to ask him this question. Mary Magdalene didn't say, you know, hey, I'm gonna, I can't wait. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to see him, and he's going to call my name, and it's going to be awesome. Nobody, his deepest followers, nobody believed that he was raising from the dead. Not one of them. The disciples had a total meltdown. You see, when Jesus died on Friday, their dreams were crushed. This isn't Sunday. It isn't Friday. <coughs> it's Saturday, the day you feel powerless. And you can't believe that these things happen in your life. Maybe some of these are some of the things that you've dealt with in your life. <coughs> you feel powerless because you can't believe that he or she walked out on you. You feel powerless because the treatment's not working. You feel powerless because all that money that you invested is now completely gone because someone took it from you. You can't believe that you're addicted and are powerless to overcome it. You see, Saturday is the day after and the day before. The day after, a prayer gets prayed, but there's no answer. The day after, a soul gets crushed, but there's no promise of getting back up. And you know what I find out is that there's two kinds of hope that we have in life. And they're very different. The first one is where we place our hope in something. We place our hope in something. And the second one is where we place our hope in someone. When you're hoping for something, you're hoping for a particular outcome. I hope I get that job. I hope I get that house. I hope I get that girl. I hope I get those things. Sometimes we hope for something, even though we know it's kind of a long shot at this happening. I'm going to give you an example of this. I am, as many of you know, a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I hope every year for a Super Bowl. Every year since I was a little kid. I just want one. During the Donovan McNabb years, of course we're going to get one. Five NFC championships, of course. We'll just bide our time. Guess what? Eh. No, no Super Bowl. I keep hoping. I keep hoping. But when I really look at the history of them, <coughs> it's not happening. I could lose complete hope as, any, well, let's just call it any Philadelphia fan right now at this point. All right? I, I lose those kind of things. And what I've learned, the secret to surviving being an Eagles fan is the same thing as parroting teenagers. You just lower your standards, and you're all good. All right? It's the only thing that gets us through it. 
okay? And you love to hate the ones that do win the Super Bowl. It's, it's, it's worked for years, okay? It's worked for years with us. Sometimes the, hate, the things we hope for are just fun. They're fun things, like baseball, Super Bowls, our final four brackets. How'd y'all do? Anybody do well? I didn't. But sometimes the things that we hope for are really serious. And we say, I hope she comes back. I hope my child answers the phone because we haven't talked in 10 years. I really hope that they're wrong about the diagnosis, that it's not cancer. But one day, this is what we're going to find out, that everything we put hope in will eventually disappoint us. Every single thing you put hope in, even if you're a Cowboys fan, they will go ahead and they will hurt you. Even if you put faith in an individual and an ideology, it will eventually disappoint you. It'll take everything you hope for and crush it. Every circumstance, every situation is going to wear out, going to give out, going to fall apart, going to melt down, and that's the problem that we have when we believe and hope in something. So I want to show you an incredible verse from 1 Peter chapter 1. It says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, I want you to notice two words that are in there that are underlined for you. What are they? Hope and resurrection. Hope and resurrection. Hope and resurrection. In the New Testament, the word hope occurs 71 times. Now, here's what I want to tell you. It only occurs one time before the resurrection. And it occurs 70 times after the resurrection of Jesus. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist. But I know where, what the scripture is telling us, where our hope comes from. Real, genuine hope doesn't come from something, but comes from hope in someone, and his name is Jesus, and in his resurrection. Now, that may sound like a nice little thing to you, but I want to show you a brief video clip of a lady named Jan. As you can see, the hope that she has. In Jesus. I just remember a time um, just a few years ago when I got laid off a job. And um, that was not actually the first time that it happened, but it came at the heels of lots of other things that had happened in my life. I had been um, divorced, um, I'd lost both of my parents at different times, but was just feeling very alone. There's something different when you lose your parents, it doesn't matter how old you are. Um, and that made me feel alone. Um, the divorce made me feel alone. So I think when I got to the point where I lost my job, it was sort of like the last straw. Like, um, just really nowhere else to turn. But fortunate for me, I had, I was able to turn into good friends. I had good friends who, um, cared about me, who would ask me out and, you know, buy me lunch. And not only that, um, I really turned to, to God and really just trusted Him and through it said, um, even if I just remain alone this way for the rest of my life, I still always have you. And no matter what happens through this, that's where I want to end up. I want to end up holding on to God and I want you to make me the person that I need to be through this. 
and the most amazing things would happen. I'm not kidding. First time in my life, I had a package at the door that, that contained $400 worth of gift cards anonymously. Never had that happen. I started seeing God show up. And he proved to me that I was not alone. I would never be alone. When your hope is in God, you can have hope in the midst of your crisis. Your hope is not in your marital status. It's not in your employment or your career. It's not based in what the stock market does. It's not in your physical health. It's not in who others think you are or who think you should be. Your hope is not based in any of that. Your hope is based on the powerful, in-control God who will do the impossible. Your hope is based in a God who has defeated death once and for all. You see, the message of Easter is that whenever you're stuck in hopeless Saturday, to recognize this, that God does his best work in hopeless situations. You have to remember that the Easter story is not a one-day story, as it's become to known, but is a three-day story. Wouldn't you agree that on Saturday, day two, that it appeared that their dreams had died? But guess what? Saturday was just a day of preparation where Sunday God was going to do something awesome. And let's look at this. He was going to do the resurrection. And on this in Luke 24, verses 1 through 7, I'm going to read this. It says, on the first day of the week, on Sunday, very early in the morning, the women took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men clothed and gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down and their faces to the ground. But men said to them, why do you look for the, the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man would be delivered over to the hands of sinners and be crucified on the third day and rose again. Notice that last phrase, be crucified, and on what day? The third day. Now, I don't want to make this very simplistic and act like I've got all the answers, but what I can take from this is that if you're going through a, a Saturday situation, hold on, because Sunday's coming. Hold on, because God's about ready to do the impossible in your hopeless situation. You can have hope rise in the midst of all those things. In the Old Testament scriptures, they're filled with people who had third day stories. You had Abraham, who's afraid he's going to have to sacrifice Isaac. But then guess what? Right at the right moment, Jehovah Jireh provides on the third day. Joseph and his brothers, get put, get, has his, Joseph's brothers are put in prison. They're released by Pharaoh on the third day. Israelite spies are told by Rahab the prostitute to hide their enemies, and they'll be safe on the third day. Mountains shake and rivers are parted, and the people go to the, into the promised land on when? The third day. You see, we often get so caught up in Friday that when we're in Saturday, we give up. We give up. It's easy to give up on Saturday because we've seen Friday. But Sunday's coming. I want to share this last video with a pastor named Greg. He's been a pastor for many, many years, but I want you to share with you his third day story. Growing up, prayer was usually my way of getting my wants 
uh, fulfilled and my needs fulfilled by God and really nothing too much more than that. And I had encountered a moment in my life, really a season where uh, that container of prayer was not going to give me any hope for the future. Uh, during this same season, I had some surprises in my life. I ended up uh, the pastor of a church, which I did not expect happening in my life. I had uh, a couple kids and um, all the surprises and change that having a family and being a dad brings you. And then in the midst of that, uh, some marital difficulties that I didn't fully comprehend at the time were brought to my attention by my wife. And she had reached a point where she didn't see our marriage continuing. And uh, being blindsided by this stuff, um, I found myself uh, finding prayer being almost impossible. Um, I would just go to the beach and I would just sit and I couldn't even look God in the eye. I just sat and hope was, uh, seemed to be gone. I just saw dark and I would just hang my head in his presence and did not know what to say. God began to turn that uh, through a quirky little circumstance I had with my son who was a toddler. I loved to throw him up in the air and catch him and he'd laugh at me and I would just throw him up in the air and one time I was doing that in our condo and up and down he went and one time I threw him just a little too high and his head hit the popcorn ceiling and he went down into my hands a little quicker than the last time and I looked at him and he had a little popcorn in his hair and he looked at me and I could tell he was looking at me saying, okay, do you want me to cry or do you want me to laugh again? And he was gauging his response by the expression on my face. And in that moment where I realized the influence I had, I just looked back at him and I smiled and laughed again. And he looked back at me and repeated it back and it was fine. Um, it was then that I started to wonder if I just needed to pick up my head and look into the face of my Heavenly Father and gauge with my soul's eye, what is the expression on his face right now as he's looking at me? And when I did that, I saw that there was no stress in his face, no worry that there was no surprise. He's incapable of being surprised that I was right where he knew I was, that he was walking right there with me, and he knew the end from the beginning. He knew that I would have another child. He knew that uh, I would spend two decades of incredible ministry, being the pastor of that church, and that today I'd be married 27 years, uh, in a, in, now in a marriage to the same wonderful woman, and that it would never be sweeter than it is right now. On Saturday, we feel like this. We feel hollow inside. We have no answers. And you know what the problem is with Greg's third day experience? And it's the same thing with our third day. You never know it's the third day until it's the third day. Sometimes we think this is all, that Saturday is all we have and that forever I will be empty. That forever there will be some void or there will be some anger, some frustration that is here. And we just wonder how we can fill that or whether we're just for the rest of our lives geared to live life walking like this. I feel hollow inside. That's what Saturday does to us. It robs hope from us. You know, we may look good on the outside, but really we're just empty on the inside. When it's Friday... 
it crushes you. When it's Saturday, it wipes away all hope. Unless you hang in there and recognize Sunday's coming. There's a pastor, an African-American pastor in Inglewood, California. His name is Ken Ulmer. And he's a great preacher, a great pastor. And he told a story of a couple guys who saw a picture. And I'm going to put this picture up here for you today. It's a picture called Checkmate. And one character looks like an ordinary man. And these two men were in a museum one day. And one looks at the picture and he's standing there. And you can see one looks a lot like the devil with a feathered cap on. Very evil. And this man, the other man is a very ordinary looking man, as you can see from the picture. And you can see that the man with a feather in his cap kind of has a smirk on his face. Like he's winning and he's got this taken care of. Where the other person looks, what, what would you say he looks like? Distraught? Try, can't figure it out? Can't decide what's going on? And, and, you know, the only thing that he's really got worth anything is a king. And so as they're looking at this, um, one of the men who is with him is an international chess champion. And he looks... And he stared at it. And he stared at it, and he stared at the picture again. He then went and looked at some other things, and he came back and he stared at the picture again. He said, there's something not right here. I don't know what it is, but there's something that's just not right yet. And he stood there, and he looked, and he looked, and he looked, and he looked some more. His friend went and wandered at some of the other artwork and came back in two more hours, and this man was still there, still staring at this picture. There's something not right with this picture, he began to say. He comes back after a couple more hours. The man still hasn't moved from the spot. And he goes, hey, we've got to go ahead and call the, the, the guy who painted this. We've got to get hold of the painter. We've got to get hold of him because he either he needs to do one of two things. He either needs to change the name of the painting or else he needs to repaint it. He said, you know I am an international chess champion. And I've sat here for hours. I know that there's something that's not right with the picture. And I looked and I looked and I've looked and I looked. He said, the title is called Checkmate. But the title's wrong. He said, because as I've looked and what I found is this. The king has one more move. Now, in this African-American church, when he says, the king has one more move, the place goes wild. And what he's telling us is simply this. In your Saturday experience, when you feel hollow, when you feel lost, when you feel disconnected from God, hang in there on Saturday because the king has one more move. The king has one more move. Let's look at his one more move in the lives of some people. A little boy named David who comes up against a, guy, a giant named Goliath. He tried on King Saul's armor, but it was too big, too bulky for him. And he goes with a sling and some stones because the king had one more move. Or a man named Daniel 
who is thrown into the lion's den because he refuses to go into what the culture says. He refuses to turn his back on God. He refuses to put anything in front of God, and he's thrown into a lion's den, surely to die. But guess what? The king has one more move. Or a man named Moses, who convinces a nation of slaves who are oppressed to run from the most power, to lead the most powerful man on earth. And Pharaoh sets after him. And what is in front of them? The Mediterranean Sea, the, I mean the Red Sea, and behind them is the Pharaoh and his armies, the greatest army of that age. And people said, Moses, what did you do? Bring us out in the desert to die? And Moses says, hold on. The king has one more move. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into a fiery furnace where even the people who threw them in burned up. And the king looks in. Nebuchadnezzar looks in and says, wait, there's four people in there. You know why? Why? Because the king has one more move. Friends, this is hope rising. On Easter Sunday, on Good Friday, they had nothing. All hope was crushed. On Saturday, hope was gone, and they realized, I'm empty and hollow inside. We left everything to follow you. And they went hiding away. But the king had one more move. In your life, when you feel like that's all, folks, or when you feel like checkmate is existing in your life, recognize this. The king has one more move. Maybe there's stress at work. Maybe your marriage is falling apart or is already falling apart. Maybe there's a son or daughter or someone that you love who is struggling or estranged from you. Maybe you have financial pressures. Maybe you have done the wrong thing or said the wrong thing that created a whole bunch of mess, and today you got to sit across the table from those people. Maybe things are going pretty well and there's no crisis, but I want to tell you something. Last time I checked, the death rate is at 100%. We're all going to die. Whatever you face, today or tomorrow or the next day, you're going to end up in a situation where you're going to feel like that man who was up there in checkmate. But what do you know? Say it with me. The king has one more move. God does his best work in hopeless situations. The story of Easter is not a one-day Good Friday message. It's not a day three resurrection message. It's not even a day two Saturday. But our hope is not based in something. Our hope is based in someone. As I look at this incredible passage, as we wind down today, as the worship team comes up, in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul writes, I also pray that you will understand this incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Look at that verse one more time. And I know after 2,000 years of Christianity and after my soon-to-be 46 years of, uh, of Easter messages, we get kind of numb to this story. Did you get what it said there? That same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is now at work in us. Who is it at work in? All of us? No. For those who believe in Jesus Christ. I've been praying 
for this service for a long time. I've been praying for this day for a long time. Because if we, I I know there may be some people here who just need to know Jesus. I know there's some people that really, really want to know who Christ is for their lives, but may have been headed in another direction. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you didn't grow up in a church home. Maybe you are, you know, know no more about Christianity than parking a car. But maybe you want to get right with God. So I want you to just go ahead and open up your hearts and your lives today. I'm going to ask that you stand where you are. And I want to ask you to, there may be those of us who, as I said, who have never, ever, ever really come to the point of saying, Jesus, I'm hollow inside. My hope has been crushed. I put faith in you. Or God, I put faith in someone other than you. I put my hope in something else. Maybe you're having problems with the fact that there was a Friday in this message. Maybe you right now have a Friday that that has crushed you and a Saturday that has just pulverized any bit of hope. Don't give up. Just reach out to Jesus and recognize the king has one more move in your life. One more move. One more move can make all the difference. All the difference that there is. So if what I'm going to ask is you just bow your heads right now. And we're just going to go to Jesus. As we have introduced this week, this series. God, we come to you today. And there have been many Good Friday days in my life. I would say that there's somebody right now who's in a Saturday experience. That they've gone through and struggled through and and just had their hope smashed by putting their faith in something, something hoped for. God, some may have even come to you with a prayer and said, God, I'm going to give you this, and it didn't turn out the way they thought. But what if? What if all that sorrow of the Saturday experience is just bringing them here to a place today where you're going to do your one more move. Where you, God, are going to take that hollow shell and fill with your spirit. So right now, with every head bowed and eyes closed, God, I just want to lift up anyone who, there may be someone who has never, ever, ever taken the cross seriously. That never, ever recognized that the resurrection of Jesus is more than just a nice story that we can have a holiday, but it changed everything. And so God, right now, if someone here needs to go ahead and make that commitment for the first time in their lives, I ask that where they are, they just raise their hand, even if they're home, and say, Lord, I want to accept you. I don't want to just be a a number in that terminal disease called life. I want to have purpose in you. And God, there may be many of us who are here who know you, who love you, but somehow we've gotten off track. And we feel so far disconnected from you, we don't know where to begin. And so if that is us and we just need to renew that commitment and 
have the risen Savior and Lord just do like he did with Simon Peter and just restore us to the calling that you have in our lives. Just, I just ask that we raise our hand right where we are. Just lift it where you are. God, I thank you for, the, for that, those individuals. I thank you for everybody who's here today as now we recognize and celebrate further that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Because God, what we need in this world today is hope. And it only comes in you and through your resurrection. God, in your, in your hope, in your act of hope, hurt goes away. Hearts of stone begin to break. God, I feel you just beginning to chisel away at hearts of stone. Help us not forget who you are as we seek your hope rising in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
Break every chain. 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 Break every ch
Thank you, Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Lord, uh, help us know that in our Saturday experiences, that there is power, power in the name of Jesus. As the king gives that one more move, all hell shudders at the name of Jesus. That every, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. But in the meantime, Lord, you break every chain. You break every chain. So, Lord, may that be the message that we have here today on this Easter Sunday. That we give praise and honor to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. For you have risen, and you have risen indeed. And when you rose, hope rose with it. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. All right, next week. We'll continue with our series, When Life Doesn't Go the Way You Planned, and we're going to unpack that. Have a great Easter, and tell everybody, Happy Easter. <laughs> Wait a second. I got one more thing. Here. Dan, you've been a good boy. Here's your, here's your uh, you get the hollow uh, bunny. Yeah. All right.